You are now entering the Bad Christian Podcast. What's up, buttheads? Yeah, buttheads, like Kevin Arnold's older brother Wayne used to call him on the TV show The Wonder Years. Now, Wayne was a great example of a big older brother that was a bully and mean to his little brother, but still was somehow lovable, kind of like the way Toby is to Joey. Now, there is one more link between The Wonder Years and Toby, and that is that he looks exactly like the dad on The Wonder Years on the promo photo for our album, The Question. Am I right? Okay, now, moving on. I am frustrated again on a Sunday night making this intro because I cannot figure out the best way to communicate to you the two very important things that are happening over the next couple of days. Those things being the release of Pacific Gold's album and the release of the new podcast Break It Down and the world premiere of the first track on the new Emory record. So first of all, the Pacific Gold record comes out on Tuesday, but this podcast comes out on Monday and I publish it usually on Sunday night. So I don't know to tell you to, I can't tell you where to go get it because it's not available now. So that's irritating. And especially because most of y'all will probably listen to this after Tuesday when it is out. And then it is, I, I don't know what to tell you. So here's the big announcement. Uh, it's either out or it's not out. How's that? But if it is out, you can buy it anywhere you buy music. I think most people like to buy digital copies. And of course, it's Amazon, iTunes, all that stuff. But please go to badchristian.com, buy it directly from us. The band will get more money. We'll get some money. And it's the cheapest. It's che- we have it for $7.99, which is the cheapest place you can buy it from us. And additionally, you'll get a free download of their old EP instantly. So go get that right now. That is, if it is, in fact, out yet. Now, same problem with the premiere of the new Emory song and the podcast Break It Down. It does premiere Monday. But then again, I am publishing this Sunday night, and I don't know what time it's going up on Monday. But... The only place to get it is at AbsolutePunk.net. We're doing an exclusive premiere of the song and the podcast there. So on Monday or later, go to AbsolutePunk.net and check out the new Emory song and the new podcast, Break It Down. Then go subscribe to it and you'll get the subsequent episodes and songs as we release them. Yo, guys, it's Saturday night. Three, two, one. Joseph Svensson says... <laughs> His name is Joey, my name is Toby, his name is Matthew, and we're... Hey, you can bring a little bass to that. (laughs) Stupid (laughs) Christian (laughs) Pumpkin! Okie dokie, people. That's so loud. (laughs) No, it is. It sounds loud. It sounds good. We're getting a little bit better. I know we have weird audio sometimes, but uh, we're getting a little better. It sounds great tonight. It's a Saturday night, and everybody, the mood is right, and our audio sounds good, and our internet connection's good, so I'm having a great time. How about y'all? Good. live. Toby started counting down, and I just had a sip of Backwoods Bastard. Ale aged in oak bourbon barrels, and it is so oh my gosh. I like stouts, but that just made my lips pucker. I was like, "Good lord, oh nasty! <laughs> oh god, that is a nasty beer." Yo, Reform Pubcast, what y'all think about they that? It. They love it. <laughs> so, welcome to the show, everybody. I hope everybody now is listening to this podcast on the Bad Christian app that's out. I hope everybody's already got it. If not, you need to get it. Get it right now. Yeah, I am so happy we have an app. Are you really? I, just I, that, are you just I delighted? Like it, well, it, I feel like it makes us a real thing, right? Like, I Absolutely. mean, it makes us. We, we, I mean, if you're if you're a real like business or company or organization, whatever you want to call yourself, you have an app. Dude, WordPress made us a real. Thing. <laughs> <laughs> no, Dude, right when we we're on WordPress, 
We were legit, man. On Weebly. <laughs> but no, I, I think it's really cool. And it's really user-friendly. Our, our good friends at Subsplash made it for us. And they've made a ton of apps that I have on my phone already. So to get to work with them and now they have our own app where you could just... That's nice. so, I mean, you can just play around with that thing. Yeah. It is cool because just everything... I, I really was impressed with just how the blog is set up. The uh, You flip through the blog topics and it's like emails. It, it shows yeah. which one has been read. So, I mean, if, yeah. if you're really interested in all the stuff that we write, which, you know... I don't know if there's people that want to read everything. I mean, you could take your time, read them through the course of a couple of weeks and see which ones you've read. And it's just neat. Everything's True super, super user. Well, it, True it, it is free for everybody. So I want everybody to go ahead and get it. We don't get anything out of it. In fact, we pay money all the time to have the thing, have it developed and put it out there for you. It's free. We're glad for you to have it. Uh, and so, yeah, I hope everybody's on it. It's uh, It's free. And so if you don't have it already, get it. There's music on there. We're also working on some revisions on the website that are going to be really good and make the site a lot more usable. So thank you for everybody. And all the BC Club, I guess, is really who you got to thank for. I mean, they actually fund the website, the website additions, the app. All those things are paid for by the BC Club directly. So thank you, guys. Yeah, Yeah, definitely. Thank you, BC And you know what else helps pay for this podcast? Our sponsors. Yeah. And I had something interesting uh, happen today when I was uh, changing my son's diaper, and he had a massive boner. Okay. And uh, he was happy about it. I mean, he he's always really happy about his boners. Like, he thinks it's just, you know, it's what you just should normally have, I think. <laughs> but I really did. When I saw his boner, I started thinking, man, I see my uh, boner all the time. Like, it, it, I see his boner all the time, and it started making me think, He's growing up, he's getting older, and it really did make me think, man, the future's not that great for him to not look at pornography. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like not. I mean, statistics are, I mean, I mean, my, my son's only three years old, but I mean, they say sometimes, I think like a lot of people say now that people, kids are uh, exposed to some form of pornography by the age of six, seven, or seven yeah, years the, old. So, so really for Ike, the countdown's on. Like, it's like a matter of time. He's halfway to the, yeah. to where he's probably going to see porn for the first time when his buddy shows him in the second grade, like bring something on his future tablet that they'll have in a few more years, and they'll just show it right to him sitting there at his desk at second grade probably. And, and internet access is, yeah, just getting so much easier and faster and quicker, and everything's more accessible. And as we know, the, the internet alone is like 1 billion percent porn. Yes, a billion percent. <laughs> it's like porn and yahoo.com, and I don't even know anything else. <laughs> so I really did think today, man, I really do appreciate that I can put some things on the computer to help my kids to not look at porn, like to stay away from that, to really train them, hey, man, this is not going to help you get anywhere down the road in relationships or with God or whatever you're doing. Um, it's just not, it does, it's looking at porn is not beneficial right. whatsoever. And so I really did appreciate, uh, X three watch and the guys at X three church, triple X church, um, for the product that they have. And that's why they sponsor our podcast and they help us make this podcast happen. But also we love talking about their product because man, Porn is out there, and we are telling people it's not good for you. Stay away from it, and it's just great to have some technology to put in place to help you to not look at pornography. Yeah. So if you don't have it yet, I do not know what you're waiting for. Go check it out. They even have a free version. Matt, give them that URL. You got it, Toby. How about let's go to x3watch.com forward slash bad Christian and get 50% off their premium software. 
All right, so Matt, we just went to a chili cook-off. It's Saturday night in Charleston. It's steaming and hot. There's rainy in every single and mosquitoes square centimeter. Now, they don't have that in Seattle. No, we don't have any bugs. No. Yeah, I mean that's pretty. I mean, yeah, spiders. Yeah, but, I mean some, but there's no bugs that bother you in the summertime. Kind of, there's no gnat stuff you have to I never, swat. Why so. is that? Why don't bugs just didn't make it up there? I don't. It's, I don't it's, know. It's a very man. wet uh, area. No, yeah, Seattle. I think that's right. Yeah, definitely. I th- a- I think that proves young Earth is only the Earth's only six thousand years old, and the mosquitoes just haven't got here yet. You see, they just have not gotten there. <laughs> that proves young Earth. <laughs> it's definitely a part of the fallen world. There's just no way God intended for a bunch of gnats to swarm you all the time. You don't think there'll be gnats or mosquitoes in heaven? They like just they are, will leave they you are, the hell alone. Is what they will do in heaven. Yeah. Well, they drink blood, so it's kind of hard for them to leave you alone. They'll be like some purified non-fallen human blood just in a big lake and they can just go suck all they want (laughs) (laughs) inhale they'll just be sucking anything (laughs) so uh we went to the chili cook-off it was fun and now we're back here but when we were at the chili cook-off joey kind of started a conversation i said save for the podcast (laughs) no i said yeah you did you did but but we you went to a therapist and i'm assuming that was oh really yeah Oh, tell me yeah, about it. I got a yeah. million questions, so you can tell me the story, or I can just ask you a million questions about it. All right, so first of all, I have always been extremely skeptical, and the reason why, not skeptical towards that profession, skeptical as to whether it would help me, um, because when my depression comes on, it doesn't seem to to relate to something that happens, and then I get depressed. It seems like I get depressed, and then I see the world through a different lens. So I sure. just thought, well, what, what could someone talk to me about? So uh, a pastor of mine recommended it said man there may be 20 percent of what you need you could get from counseling the rest for medication Uh, matt talked to his sister who is professional in that regard um my psychiatrist the same thing but the biggest of them all um you know influence was my wife i mean she's the one that takes the, the brunt for my depression so as far as i'm concerned if she wants me to i have a responsibility to do whatever she wants so um Cause it's not fair to her, honestly, for yeah, me to decide what I do and what I don't do. So went to the psychologist and honestly spent a little over an hour with him. Okay. So who, so who is, who, what, what is the specialty here? What type of therapist is it? Psychotherapy, cognitive behavioral therapy. What is it? Do you know? Uh, it's cognitive behavioral therapy. Yes. Yep. That's what I think you need. That's what I bet. That's what my sister and you told didn't me. Actually, you didn't accidentally go to the rapist. Did you? You went to a therapist, not the rapist. <laughs> he doesn't get the joke. Right? That, that's if you spell therapist. I, I do. Okay, you do. You just don't like the joke. That's fine. It was marginal, but go ahead. I just thought it was a bad joke. Yeah, it was marginal. I get the brunt of your depression, too. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. <laughs> okay, so All you right, went to going. a CBT th- guy, and he's a psychologist, and then what? Tell me about yeah. it. So I talked to him a good bit, and... um. I feel like I have a lot of guilt in my life and I explained this to him and I, I think honestly I've evaluated my life uh, pretty accurately. Um, raised in a lot of uh, legalistic Pentecostal churches. I'm not saying all Pentecostal churches are like that, but for me, I, ra- I was raised in environments that said, do this a lot, don't do this a lot. And you know, it, it's all riding on you and you go to high school, like you're the one that needs to save the world. If you don't, then you need to be ashamed of yourself and just all that stuff. And I feel like I've shedded most of that obvious stuff, but he concurred that there's a lot of that stuff that uh, is just still stuck with me. Examples would be, you know, 
I talk to my wife on the phone and if she's having a hard day at home, I'm thinking to myself, man, I, I feel really guilty about that because I have an easier job, even though it's a busy job. I'm with adults. I'm drinking coffee right now at Starbucks, meeting with Toby, or I'm having meetings with friends that I enjoy. And I just, I really have a, a, a guilty feeling about it. When I'm hanging out with my kids and I don't have a lot of energy, I'm thinking to myself, man, I could be a better father. And then I'll think and think and think on that, how I could be a better father. So I'm trying to just give you guys a snapshot. Sure, what sure. he um, categorized the whole thing as is, he called it, uh, should and ought syndrome. He said, have you ever heard of should and ought syndrome? And I said, no. And he said, well, basically you live by shoulds and oughts uh, when what you should live uh, by is wants and needs. So I think of, okay, I should do this. I should do that. I should do this. I should do that. He said, well, there's only one option. You either do it and you feel content or you don't do it and you feel bad because you see it as a should. He said, if you see it as a want, like, hey, I want to be a really good husband. I want to be a really good father. I want to do these things. Then that is a desire that you have. If you fall short, you could still say, well, I mean, I'm trying. I yeah. mean, I, you know, it's, it's not like I can be perfect. And then as far as ought, he said, if you see them as uh, needs, like, hey, you need to do this, but it's not like an ought. So now, so that, that really did ring true to me. So now what he's done is he's given me a couple of uh, books to read through. And then there's like some checklists, you know, the should not syndrome is just one of many corrective ways of thinking. So what he said is that, uh, you know, a lot of people, they say, oh, depression is just something you, you, you know, you get depressed, you can't do anything about it. And he said, sure, there is a chemical factor. There is a physical deal. But he said to say, you can't do anything about it. He said, at least scientifically, that's not true. You can teach yourself to think differently. Absolutely. Wow. Yeah, and I think that's really interesting. And the thing that's needed, well, first of all, there's a lot of, I would say, gospel implications for what you're saying there. But just um, for the, the upfront on that, the CBT means it's cognitive behavioral therapy. And all this guy's doing is dealing with the way that you think and the way that you think about yourself right. and the way you think about thinking, as opposed to psychotherapy where they start saying, hey, well, you have mommy issues or what, what happened to you that caused you this? you know that type of that type of therapy where you which is a good a valid type as well but that this one's interesting because it's completely practical right. but what he said there it sounds like a gospel thing it's interesting as in you know like you said coming from a legalistic background and having guilt and stuff like that every the the should i mean that's just like so maybe you've shed oh i should be witnessing to people or i should be doing this but nonetheless you see things through that frame of this is what we should do when in actuality, there's what you need to do and what you want to do because you're free. Like, you know, like it's, it's like, it's like a, it's like since the gospel is true, since you are saved, you, you now want to talk about Jesus. Now you want to be a good husband. Right. Now you want to do these other things. And, 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 and then you have needs as well and you have failings, but it's, it's not, I mean, I think that's, I think the gospel also agrees with, with that, sh that should and ought is not really the way to go well that even makes a lot of sense to me though like the should and ought because I, I do think like i should or ought to you can fail at it but a want or a need you can't it, you don't put that as much pressure on yourself yeah right like it, it, i mean i want to do like you said i want to do good but if you don't you were still wanting to and trying to right but a should means you're like you can put a lot of guilt on yourself because you're lazy or you just didn't right. try hard enough well or what's crazy too is is um my natural pushback is exactly that i think well what if you take that the extreme and just but say well, i want to do this that. i want to do that I, but I, exactly. exactly but what he said is he's like you're gonna have to be careful because 
you have got some deeply rooted ways of reacting to things. And he said, yeah. wow. he said, and here's what's crazy. He said, if you start to think about what you're thinking about, then you're no longer thinking those thoughts. He said, now, if you're evaluating your thoughts, you're not being consumed yeah. by them. Oh, I love that. That's and great. he said, you, he said, you will easily be able to uh, determine. It's like, so you have some deeply rooted beliefs but these beliefs are messing you up. You will easily be able to determine, okay, I can believe this and it'll have these negative effects or I can believe these other things that aren't necessarily natural for me, but oh my gosh, the freedom that it brings. And he's just like, that's, that's an easy pick. And he said something that I usually have a knee-jerk reaction to. This is a uh, Christian man. And I, I'm curious what you guys think because I do prefer a Christian psychologist. Uh, uh, like I, I made sure it was a Christian. Not that I don't think a secular psychologist could do a good job, but I have my reasons for that. <laughs> um, I, I want to hear what you guys think about that. But anyway, um, you know, he basically said that, you know, if if you are thinking something that causes grief and bondage and all that stuff, he said God cannot be in that, and that does resonate with me. I, I don't believe that. Oh, you are going through a hard time. God's not in that. That's not what he's saying. But he said, if you are actually thinking things that are causing you yeah. ruin and causing you despair, he's like, that's not God. And I'm like, yeah, I guess you're right. So th that's like a saying that there's a backwards way that you motivate yourself by being hard on yourself to get you to where you think yourself ought to be. And that's not the way God motivates us, essentially. Right. So, yeah. Right. Did you like, because you're a pastor, did you get a Christian discount? <laughs> that's why you went to him or did he have like a big cross with dude a i'm telling you man did he have a big cross on front of his building with, yeah. a, with a verse no so you knew no i did like uh, a plumber he, he's a friend of chip judd so i'll tell you a uh, side story on that it really irritates me on the christian discount thing and that is a couple of years ago when we got our taxes done uh De devin it was the last year that devin was on our same tax account as us and he the the account he was working at a church in Illinois after he stopped playing in the band, but he was, we still had to do his taxes. And he was the only one working at the church at the time. I don't think Toby was somehow. And he did Devin's taxes for free because he was working at a church. <laughs> That's awesome. And, I, and it was the same. We all had but the same tax. <laughs> yeah, but we all had the same taxable burden from the same job in Emory. That's what he was doing the taxes for. But all the money we earned Devin's in Emory in the split mission up. Field but now nine. Devin's at You're a church currently. And he, go, he calmed Devin's and said he could, he, like, I don't know if he wrote it off or just thought he was doing a good thing, but the rest of us all paid full price. We all, had, we all even earned the same amount of money and everything, but he did all Devin's tax prep pro bono. Your reward is in heaven. You want, you want free taxes here on earth or or a mansion on a golden street. Well, I'm glad if you have to pay full price, Joey. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> hey, well, I'll, I'll say this, man. It, it, uh, and the, you guys feel free. Throw, throw your rocks, jeer at me and everything for making me sound like Joey, such we're a martyr, being more supportive it, than we've ever been before on a podcast. Yeah, team. we've never so been the support. Come on. I'm telling you, man, it was very, very encouraging to be on the other side of that position. Like actually to be in someone's yeah. office and being able to talk and have him listen. I'm telling you, it was like a breath of fresh air. It has to be. I, I mean, I think, I mean, you're a pastor and you hear so many people's stories and how tough it is and, and, you don't get that as much. I mean, you get it with your friends for sure, but not like that. Right. What? Not yeah. like where you can just be totally honest and just chill. Like, I mean, if we, only we, there we, was a place where Joey could talk and just somebody would listen. <laughs> only there was such a, if he only had such an outlet where he could talk was, and other people could listen. <laughs> that would just, just be a you, I, to, I, I should look into that too. Talk about anything. I had a scheduled appointment where someone 
penciled into his calendar. I'm talking okay. to this guy, Joey. No, Spencer. I'm with you. I'm with you, dog. It's good. Um, so no, I think that's great. I re- I really do. I think it's great. Like I like I I believe. Like I told you this at the party when you started telling me. I'm really proud of you. I I I do believe it's is easier to take a medication than it is to go. Oh, I have to think differently and and view things differently and really go deeper about deep seated things in my brain and psyche. So I, I think that's hard. I, I really do believe you can kind of, I mean, I really believe in the power of belief, <laughs> if yeah. you will. Like, I, I mean, and, and I think it is hard. Like, like you, like you said, when you start feeling that way, how in the world do you talk yourself into not seeing through that lens or even, even, even a half step to the left or the right of that. I mean, I, I think it's, it, it's unbelievable. And, and having firsthand on that living room tour that we just did see you the way you were suffering Miserable. from depression and, and everything. I, I mean, I'm, I am really proud of you. I'm really glad you went for sure. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'll, I'll do respect. I mean, there, he definitely vouches for the fact that there are some physical stuff that. Does oh, need sure. Medication. sure. I agree. Well, I, that's I, I one thing my sister said you. that I wanted to, to reiterate to you now. And I hope you see it even more clearly is that, you know, the medication is something and we don't disagree that that is valid to some degree but it's never uh it's it's never going to change anything it's just going to make things more tolerable that's all it can do but this actually at least theoretically has the the potential to change some of the way that you think and which is which actually would be an improvement or some healing in in a in a long in the long run so it's actual work that you do that can change your situation so that that will be potentially more valuable if it if it really does work out. Anyway, yeah. uh, this episode is brought to you by Johnson and Johnson cognitive behavioral therapist people. Everybody needs to go to one. <laughs> so when he started massaging my feet and uh, asking me to share <laughs> like some, ex- <laughs> when he started to say it's not your fault, we were both standing up. And he was looking me in the eye. And Did you cry your during your session? No, I didn't. I did. I almost cried when I was talking about. Um, three-year anniversary of Joshua because that was yeah. a big, um, what do you call it, measuring. That was a big, what's what's the word, a uh, point in my life. Landmark. <laughs> look back on. I can't even. <laughs> yeah, landmark of, of, you know, really bad depression. But, yeah, it was cool. You know what's weird is on the way there, I was thinking to myself, I hope this guy is a good bit older than me. Yeah. And like if he was younger than you, it'd be harder. I, well, I would have, well, I, I would have easily been like, no, it's cool. This guy's way smarter than me when it comes to, you know, psychology and all that stuff. But there would have been a part of me that's just like, uh, yeah, I'd rather an old dude. That's yeah. messed up. That's what a lot of people think I, of me, though. That's what I mean. And that's okay. There's a lot uh, of people that go to my church that just, I wouldn't say a lot, but there are some people that's just like, yeah, I don't know about asking Joey yeah. for major counseling. I'll go to an older pastor at Seacoast. There's, I, there's a minority that would yeah, be that way, and that's I, okay. I agree. I think it's it would be really hard for me to go to somebody for advice younger than me, or okay. or even I mean, maybe my 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 own age I can do that, but yeah, younger than me. If there was like a 25 to 30 year old guy, that would be way harder. And and, and I think that's just in me and my brain, but I do value older wisdom. And, and I think the reason why is just because I think you've gone through more stuff. Yeah. So why not? Was he older? He was older for sure. Yeah. Yeah. He was, uh, I would say fifties. Why just look at me? I don't know. I'm just looking (laughs) at you. Hey, I I do want to ask y'all this. I, I had a, um, so I've, you guys were a part of me as I was meeting my deductible, I have a very high deductible, and y'all uh, were a part of the emergency room visits. And then I had to get my kidney stone 
uh, lithotripsied. And so all that stuff is, has met my deductible. So that's awesome. So now I'm able to go to a psychologist. I'm going to a GI doctor and getting colonoscopy because they've been bugging me about doing that because I had polyps back in the day. I'm supposed to get them routinely. Uh, so now I'm going to a chiropractor, massage therapist. I mean, I'm just taking advantage of this year. So the massage, you, you guys listen to this, it'll blow your mind. The massage therapist is asking me questions. Hey, what do you do for a living? I said, I'm a pastor. Where are you a pastor? Seacoast and all that stuff. And uh, she started in on this rampage, like against uh, wanting to know about Seacoast. You could tell she had a lot of misconceptions, a lot of skepticism. And then just in church in general, she said, yeah, man, I used to go to church all the time. Once I stopped is, oh man, it's so easy not to go back. And so I'm thinking, okay, well, this, this lady just attended church. She's probably not a Christian. She went to church a little bit because that was the right thing to do. She's in the South and now she's not going. She started to talk in a way where I'm not talking even Christian needs. You know, you can start talking to someone for a little while and you're like, this is a Christian. I mean, they, they're not, they don't say, right. Non-Christians don't say this sort of thing. She is a Christian who pretty much never, ever goes to church. And she said, yeah, it's just so hard to go back to church. And then she started saying a lot of the same stuff that we say, even though we go to church, same sort of thing she says about Sunday morning services. Just there's so much extra stuff. Why can't it just be about Jesus, blah, 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 blah. So I started thinking there's a lot of stats that talk about in America. Here are the people that go to church. Here's the percentage. Is there a lot of people that are born again believers that just like, yeah, I don't, I don't do that. And this oh, is the yeah. South. Tons. I was talking to a lady in the yeah. South. There's, tons I think it's growing that. rapidly, unbelievable. Yeah. And I mean, because Donald yeah. Miller. I mean, we had an yeah. interview I mean, with him. I mean, there are a ton of people that are just like, yeah, I'm not gonna. That's not how I'm gonna live out my faith. And and that's why I think we do this podcast. I, I mean, I, I wonder how many people that are out there that are like that 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 are oh, born again so believers weird. and they do not do Sunday morning. I would say millions. <laughs> I believe it. <laughs> well, there's more than one category of it because there's the people that, um, first of all, there's people that would love to go to a church that was good or this or that, but they're just fed up because maybe they live in a small town and the only churches they have actually are really terrible. Yeah. So they can't even find one. There's some people that are lazy, and then there's some people or are just not. They should be in church, and they're not. And then there's some people who really just don't think that is the right way, and they're trying these alternative type of things. So, I mean, there's more than one category of it, but the total amount of people that don't regularly identify as a Sunday morning attender that do identify that Jesus died for them and rose, and they're going to heaven, it, it, there's a lot of people like that. It's a ton. Yeah, well, the, the, and the tough thing is, is you just don't get to choose your faith. Like, you literally have to do your faith the way – a place or a building tells you to. You have to hear a message on Sunday morning. You have to give money to this and this and this, or it's it's implied or you know requested. Hey, yep. give money here. Uh, meet with this group here. Do this, this, and this. And I think people in this day and age, I mean, you can do so much. Uh, yeah, you can watch YouTube and fix your car or or build a plane or whatever, you know? And so why now do you just go, oh yeah, this is the way church has always been done. So I'm just going to accept it. A lot of people just won't. Right. They're just not going to. And I think it's great. Right. I love that. Like, I mean, if you can be a Christian and be solid in your beliefs and have fellowship with others right. and give, and it doesn't look like Sunday morning, I think that's, I think that's wonderful. I think that's the key is the fellowship part. Like if, yeah. if, if you don't have relationships with other christians yeah well we're super anti-isolation that's one you know so that's totally. one good thing about the church is oh at least it's people at least it's fellowship at least it's community there's a lot of bad stuff about it and things that could be improved however we we're the farthest away from saying you should you you can just be by yourself that's also the last thing we think but everything in between those things explore it people come up with it do it try it 
do I mean do it do more don't do less do more yeah and and so her point of view the last thing I feel like is convincing her yeah you know what you should come to Sunday morning services at right. church I'm thinking man there are so many small groups like there's so many like gatherings or you know what if you have Christian friends why don't you just try to like that person that talked about Sunday morning services in that way, I don't feel compelled to try to sell Sunday mornings. I feel like she's one of the handful of people that no, you need to you need to go ahead and figure out community a different way. Yeah, you know why not? Yeah, no, I agree. I, I would say too, what is neat is for every person like her, there's maybe ten more that need church on Sunday morning. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so that's yeah. why we in the South. <laughs> yeah. Actually everywhere. I, you think I, so? Yeah, I do think so. I think that's Seattle. That's huh. that's California. That's New York. That's the Midwest. And the thing that I think is cool is what we always try to reiterate are there are great churches out there. You can find them, whether that even be in, online or whatever, but you do need community and you do need some kind of fellowship and you do need some teaching. Yeah. You do need that. You do need somebody to open up the word to you sometimes and, and not be alone in your thoughts with that. Cause I mean, you can read the Bible and think a million thoughts and be totally blown away by hearing somebody else's thoughts on the exact same verse or scripture or whatever. So I think that that's, what's so awesome about that. And that's why what we're doing looks completely different than what uh, another, I was about to say ministry. We're not a ministry, but what other Christians are doing and so, um, are we a ministry? ministry? We don't call ourselves a ministry. Are we a ministry? I don't know if we are. I don't want to be. Our lives are ministries. Yeah. I, I would love to be all about God and it not be clarified that way. I this, think the three this, of us would say bad Christian is not a ministry, but it does minister to people. Sure. And what I would want to sure, say. Sure, but it also <laughs> hurts people and they always have to <laughs> clarify how much they disagree with us. <laughs> <laughs> Matt, wait, Matt, I had another. Pop- hey, if so, we for sure are the only men, the only evangelical Christian ministry actively using the word fuck. <laughs> how how many people go to church if on Sunday so, morning yeah. and, and when they leave, they tell the pastor, "Hey, listen, that first thirty minutes, I totally disagree with that. Was awful. But that last ten minutes, man, you got me. <laughs> that doesn't happen. I don't now, think. listen, I don't agree a with a lot of like stuff it. you say, Pastor. But you know, it's pretty cool what you're doing. It was kind of funny when you made that. That was joke. pretty neat. Yeah. <laughs> Matt, I got another email. I mean, these come in uh, pretty regularly, but of a pastor that basically is just like bad Christian this, bad Christian that, yeah. theological question this, theological question that. But then at the end, it's like, so how do you do bad Christian in the context of Seacoast? Or how do you do bad Christian in the context of the church network that Seacoast is a part of? And it always feels like there are some pastors that listen to our stuff and are super encouraged by it, super invigorated. But I guarantee you that they don't want other people to know that they're listening. And I think there's probably a huge number of people in that like, category. A, a pastor does not want people to find out he listens. Um, to I mean, that's an yeah. assumption. Okay. That's an assumption on my sure. part. But um, I don't know. For me, it's personally encouraging because I honestly, I don't, I don't get a kick out of like making all the radicals happy yeah. and you know we make a lot of anti-church people you only happy kick and, dogs you get no, a kick out I, of kicking I mean, animals <laughs> it's super encouraging for me to hear other pastors that are just like man this stuff is is really good tight and 
Yeah. No, it's not an yeah. assumption that's to say that a lot of it. pastors listen. That's that's for sure the case. I think the the church plant pastor, the people that are out, and that's because the pastors that are starting churches, they're doing everything they can to change stuff. That's what they're thinking. They're thinking, I'm not going right. to go to this church. I'm going to start a church. And so, yes, they're listening to things that might be boundary pushing or radical. That's what they're. That's what they're doing yeah wouldn't you agree that a lot of these pastors would not refer our podcast to some of their congregations? Well, of course but look wouldn't. at all the media i consume i wouldn't refer that to everybody else either i'm just i listen to i listen to atheist stuff i, I read philosophers that say crazy stuff i watch shows that are crazy because it expands my boundaries and what i think and it makes me think about stuff yeah. so i'm sure that people that are trying to uh, improve and do stuff in Christian culture that think maybe we're crazy. They still listen to this, and so that's 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 yeah. all it is. People just people consume yeah, everything. I, I, I mean, I don't think people understand. Like the number one fan of bad Christian is Billy Graham. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah, he's going to be on the podcast next week. All right, let's bring on our guest. Who's our guest? Propaganda. Awesome, awesome rapper has been around. Gosh, now I think in the Christian scene for well over 10 years was in tunnel rats which just was breaking the music scene open christian gospel rap i don't think they would qualify themselves as that but just you know they were doing things that all the other christian rappers weren't doing and just being super real he's now with humble beast which is a category at its own you just need to check it out and look into it on its own but propaganda we're having him on especially to talk to him about racism and you know from a black perspective so we're Super psyched. Probably. So it's probably it. racist to bring on the black guy to talk about racism. No? No, it's actually anti-racist. We don't know what we're doing. If we brought on a white guy, that would be very racist. We've done hey, that We're before. bringing on a white guy to talk about That's what we did black last racism. Time. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right. Let's talk to some here, – let's hear from some sponsors. We'll be right back with propaganda. Let's do it. All right. Today's musical sponsor is Tooth & Nails' We Are The City. They have a brand-new record called Violent. It comes out tomorrow. So let's check out another exclusive track that you can't hear anywhere else but here on the Bad Christian Podcast. This one's called Friends Hurt. Look below the surface. Do you see the spawning salmon? Unaware, oh well aware, they're living and dying. Feel the money magic. The forest like a couch Can you forget those days of ass Staring on poplar five dollar bills It hurts When friends are hurting My friends are hurting We Are The City. Their new record, Violent, comes out tomorrow on Tooth & Nail Records. Make sure you pick it up on iTunes for only $7.99. Be sure to keep up with these guys at wearethecity.ca. That's wearethecity.ca. 
Well, speaking of brand new records, the Grandfather's new EP, it is out today. We've been hearing about them for a long time, and their album is finally released. So let's check out some more of their song, July. July from The Grandfather. We've been talking about The Grandfather for almost two months now, so we want to say thank you to those guys for supporting this show. So if you want to say a little thank you to them on behalf of us, their new EP, 1222, is available on iTunes now. And as always, keep up with them at facebook.com forward slash The Grandfather Band. And a little personal thank you for me. Guys in The Grandfather, we appreciate you guys very much. Good luck. Well, thanks for joining us, man. This is awesome. I, I want to let you know uh, you're in good company because I was a big Tunnel Rats fan. Back yeah, dude. Then, <laughs> dude, I'm telling you, man. What what was the uh, what was the album that came out? I think it was an 01. I just thought, this is revolutionary. I mean, this is what? like the best Christian hip-hop has ever been. Yeah, man. That was, <laughs> was Tunnel Vision. Yeah, yeah. Gosh, that was some awesome. So, um, thanks, man. How, is there like a, I mean, did did the Tunnel Rat guys help start like Humble Beast or two completely no. separate entities? Or? Yeah, yeah, completely separate entities. Like I, I kind of came in at like the, uh, like like at the tail end of the kind of the the Tunnel Rat experience, and um, yeah, yeah. So I had already had a set of friends. So like Odd Thomas and I had been just you know friends really pre for me pre Tunnel Rats. Like he was he was yeah. my friend. And, uh, you know, we just kind of reconnected. And, uh, so yeah, not, nah, nah, Humble Beast was, uh, just Odd Thomas and myself. And you got, I mean, I was just telling Toby and Matt here before we got on the call, you can go to Humble Beast. I think it's just humblebeast.com and get any yep. of y'all's music for free, right? Any and all for free. Like, you, I mean, so you guys, are y'all, busting your tails at other jobs or something i mean y'all can't make a living off of giving all your music yeah i mean believe it or not we actually sell a lot of records yeah even though they are free um so we we kind of monetize just in other areas so it's whether it's merchandise as far as like you know apparel and stuff like that performances we do a lot of licensing things like that but just yeah the reality is man unless you're you unless you're um Taylor Swift or Lecrae, like you're not really yeah. making money on records. Is it? You know? is right. it? Yeah, for sure. So, so you give the the records away on the website like that, but are they also for yeah. sale on iTunes and stuff like that? People can buy it yeah. if they want, yeah. if they yeah. want yeah. to. Absolutely. Um, uh, all the normal like digital outlets, they're all there. 
Yeah, well, I think that's but you know what, you know what's crazy. People that like to buy stuff on iTunes and just want to have that copy, and people that want to pay for it anyway. There's people that will always be that way, and it's actually kind of gone up in the last few years when downloading first started, and you know, file sharing mm-hmm. and stuff. It was it was people were and CDs phased out. People were just downloading everything illegally, and then Apple and iTunes and Amazon made the quality and the the formats really good. Mm-hmm. Now there's more people than ever that really like to buy it the official way, and then you can give yeah. it away just to promote who you yeah. are and let new people get into it. So I think it's kind of yeah. best of both worlds. That's a good system. I, I don't know if y'all have even heard of this, but uh, like Pitchfork, a big music review, they have them as number one. I mean, just super highly lauded uh, rap duo called uh, Run the Jewels. It's Killer Mike yeah. and LP. Uh-huh. I mean, they're, they're doing the same thing. You can get their uh, album for free anywhere. Yeah. And I mean, this is, this is like one of the biggest albums out there right now. And it's just... So, I mean, I definitely, you know, you're right on the money. You know, I think it's funny now that we can put Lecrae's name with Taylor Swift, yeah, right? but basically Kanye West and all those yeah. guys, they're going to be making money off of albums. But I mean, I, I love it. I mean, I think, uh, you know, Matt uh, has really helped with, uh, you know, we have a record label here with Bad Christian. I think just really thinking about the music industry differently yeah. and obviously Humble Beast is doing yeah. the same well, thing. One thing I wanted to ask is, so like what Joey was saying, and, and honestly, uh, this is, like Joey probably introduced us to Christian rap or, or a rap that was Christ centered even because I, yeah. I mean, music I grew up listening to was just R&B and radio rock and all that stuff. And then eventually I, I found out there was, you know, music that wasn't on the radio. Yeah. And uh, but you guys had such a unique sound. And I, and I was reading about you guys and just saw like there was a lot of criticism, right? Like people like you weren't you weren't Christian enough for some folks, probably oh. too Christian for the other folks. Oh. I mean, was that was that tough going through that? Oh, man. Story of my life. It started first just being, a, first of all, a member of a tunnel rats who which already had, you know, its own, uh, you know, stigmatism, if you will. Right. Um, as far as like, you know, I, I just came from just a battle rap kind of background, you know? Yeah. So I'd already had an aggressive approach to hip hop anyway. And I, I was probably more similar to you in the sense that like, I just had no idea there was such thing as Christian rap. You know what yeah. I mean? I just knew, I just knew me and my friends loved Jesus and were hardcore battle rappers. I didn't know there was some yeah. sort of, you know, uh, economy or system or structure that existed. I didn't know. So yeah, so going in, you know, you just, you, you don't follow the rules. It's like, if, you know, especially as Humble Beast, it's like, you know, we're not using the same, uh, like pipelines, if you will, you know, we're not reaching out to this particular radio station or this distribution. We don't know who to shake hands with. Like, you know, just a lot of it was just sheer ignorance. Like, I don't know who I'm supposed to be impressed by, you know? Right. And uh, <laughs> so if you don't know, you're just kind of doing you and doing your best to be a, a believer and just be gracious to everybody, you know what I'm saying? And treat all everybody like royalty. Um, yeah. So, oh man, you know, we were too aggressive. You weren't gracious. Uh, you don't say Jesus enough. Uh, you say Jesus too much. Just, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Couldn't, couldn't win. Yeah, it's crazy. Like, obviously, I mean, as Christians, we 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 need to see the body of Christ as one, you know. But if you look at Christian hip hop, and I, I don't even like that terminology, I just see hip hop as hip hop. But if you look at the guys that are Christians doing hip hop, there still is a distinction 
with the, there's like a, a a group of CDs that you would see in Christian bookstores where they're just yeah. uh, flamboyantly Christian and you uh-huh. know to hell with Satan and Jesus 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 and then yeah. you've got kind of a subculture that's made up of you know propaganda humble beast Braille and all these guys that yeah. just seems to blur it a little bit more you know what I'm saying yeah I mean that, yeah. that's probably pretty intentional i mean or y'all are just what just doing what comes to heart i mean um i think for some it is i think for somebody like braille or myself who's just been just kind of rapping for so long it's like yeah. it's i mean you just sometimes you kind of get get uh you just grow weary of the of the conversation itself in the sense that yeah. like man i just write raps you know yeah. and um <laughs> And just, you know, what comes out is what comes out. Um, but yeah, I, I think uh, we, we like to think of it as like, you know, there's art for the church and then there's art from the church. And, yeah. um, you know, I I, I kind of can't help but be what I am, you know, and uh, and just like my, my goal is to chase the gospel, you know, and to chase where whatever field the Lord kind of put me in, you know, so it's not necessarily as intentional as it was like, you know, when you're in your early twenties, you got the answer to everything. Like I done figured yeah. out, you know, I didn't figure, I don't know why, I don't know why the president hasn't called me about like, you know, the Middle Eastern issues, you know what I'm saying? Right. So, you know, in my twenties, I would have been like, no, this is the way God wants it to work. If you would believe in doing hip hop, you know, but you don't know what you're talking about. So I think now it's yeah. like, there's definitely that, but it's, you know, there's room for it, you know? And, and, um, there's brothers that are making stuff distinctly um, and specifically to encourage and edify the body, you know, and, and then there's brothers whose goal is, you know, is to go out into the world and, you know, make disciples, whatever the case may be. It's like, you know, we're on the same team. So Crimson Cord kicks ass, man. Are you got anything else in the makings? Uh, like you constantly working on stuff? Oh, bro. Yeah. I never stop writing. <laughs> Thank you, though, for that. Thanks. Do you get flack? Do you get flack for spoken word? Like, do do people ever come to your show and they're just like, ah, just rap, man. We don't um, want to hear poetry, <laughs> bro. It's the other way around now. Is it yeah. really? Yeah, because here's the thing: like, rap fans they don't buy they don't buy show tickets. You know what yeah. I'm <laughs> they not coming to the show <laughs> unless you know. So it's like the fans that come to the shows are usually like hybrid people anyway. So it's like yeah. they're they're the people that actually like the fact that I do both. So sometimes they're like, "Man, I just want to hear, I want to hear some more spoken word, man." You know, so it's yeah. kind of the other way that's around. That's crazy. That's um, interesting. Man. I, I yeah. guess that, that makes total sense to me because that that's more of a somebody might would would go to that. You're right. No, the, the, like a uh, going to a, a club for a rap show seems like a certain thing, and then going to a, a spoken word maybe would appeal to people like, oh, this is going to be uh, more artistic. I can bring a yeah. date. It's going to be more interesting. It's going to be more thought-provoking in, in certain ways rather than just maybe I'll, I'll dance or get into the show or something like that. Because like you said, exactly. as you get older, your tastes start to change a little bit. So that's interesting. I, I, you're probably right. That's maybe what I would do too. So, yeah. so we, had a, uh, we, we had a past episode months ago. We called it our racism episode. What, what's the guy's name? I, it eludes me. We could even... Jake Doctor. Yeah. Uh, so 
white dude that just finds it his calling to really speak for minorities in the church saying that the church is doing you know really a piss poor job with with dealing with this issue and we we actually had i mean i'm a fan of of you and your hip-hop and so it's just fun to have you on anyway but we actually had a lot of listeners say man y'all got to get propaganda on here you know let him speak for the black folks and minorities and everything so let's just dive right into this subject if you're cool with that so here's what i've here's what i've heard uh, from uh, white folks often. It's like this, dude, slavery is in the past. The, mm-hmm. You know, you're f- we're sorry what happened to your grandparents and great-grandparents, but they're gone. You're not, you're not being treated that way. And my ancestors that did that to your ancestors, they're gone too. So mm-hmm. we're all good. Let's, let's just, you know, not a problem anymore. Like, what, what are your reflections to hearing something like that? Um, I would wish that that was true yeah. like <laughs> it'd be like man it it'd be so great if it were that simple like it really would you know um and, and what if uh, someone says well why why isn't it like yeah g- well g- give me some my examples. initial response i tell you my initial response would be <sighs> just a really long sigh <laughs> 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 and, then, and then um but i think um let me see if i can like I think a lot of times if you can give a parallel, it, it really helps. I think um, if let's say we were going to talk about the issue of like abortion, you know, and a lot of us have, especially as believers, have a really strong opinion on what we believe mm-hmm. uh, is the way the culture should go about abortion. Right. Right. But we're yeah. men. Right. We're sitting around and say, but we're men. So at some point we need to acknowledge the fact that I'll never get pregnant. So I can't really speak with any sort of authority yeah. really on the experience of what the emotional toll it takes on having a pregnancy, an unwanted pregnancy, or whatever the case may be. I really can't yeah. speak on that. Well, you know something our guest said so, about that was that he said, thinks that the, uh, the black culture should should be able to define what it says and what it feels and what it is and not let too many that's what i was gonna say so yeah that's what i was gonna say so like first of all since i i say yeah exactly as 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 a male i can have my opinions and what i think about abortion but the reality is i have not and nor will i ever experience this you know so so when i so when i voice my opinion let me voice my opinion from that posture right so when we're talking about issues of race, the reality is, especially from, from the white culture, you have not, nor will you ever understand or mm-hmm. experience firsthand systematic oppression. Since you yeah. don't understand it, like, let's be honest, you don't understand it, you have generational wealth, you have built up, you have built up privilege that you've inherited from those ancestors that are long and gone, that mm-hmm. are long gone, that you don't even think about, because you don't have to think about it. So... When we have this discussion, before you tell me about what I've lived, acknowledge that. Acknowledge that you have not walked in my shoes. Now, having said that, let me inform you because it's even because it's also a form of racism and a form of oppression for you to tell me how to interpret my experience. Mm -hmm. Right. So who are you (laughs) to tell me? Right. Who are you to tell me I haven't experienced racism? Like, how do you know? Right. Right. So so I'm so. In other words, so you're telling me I'm too dumb to, to explain, to, I'm too stupid, I'm too ignorant, I'm too culturally inept, uh-huh. right, to 
to to recognize what I'm experiencing. So I need you, white boy, to come tell me what I just lived. Is that what you're saying right now? Yeah, that's what I was going to ask you is how does it feel How does it feel to you when you hear some even progressive, well-meaning white guys talking about stuff on your behalf? Yeah, I mean, look, man. The, look at the President of the United States, man. I mean, come oh, on. Hey, it's you great. Know? You know what I mean? That's great. You're right. You know what I'm saying? It's definitely not the 60s, but don't right. try to tell me you know what I'm saying? It's like, don't piss on my back and tell me it's raining. Like, right. you know what I mean? So I, I just, I think at the end of the day, it's, you know, much greater than the race issue. It's a lot of times that's the issue of humility in the sense of being like, man, can you just kind of humble yourself for a second? And yeah. like, you know, kind of you're, it's like, it's almost like uh, we like to say stuff among, among our label. Like sometimes like if I get kind of worked up just culturally, you know, I, I, I express very, we're very demonstrative, very loud. And sometimes like, some dudes at the label will be like, hey, hey, your black is showing, you know, so like, I, I got to like pull back, you know what I'm saying? So, so sometimes I have to say the same thing to them, like, hey, bro, hey, your privilege is showing right now. Like, you know, yeah, yeah. Can, you, can you pull back for a second? You know what I'm saying? You're, you're not like, you know what? It's really funny that you say that. Like I, I, I just we Matt and I, I think we were talking or somebody who I forget who it was. I was talking with somebody the other day about it. Like it, uh, if you're in a restaurant and the restaurant screws up your order or is really you know just terrible, really bad, like just treats you terribly. Mm-hmm. If, if it's a, I, I would say if it's a, a, the difference between a black person getting upset and you know maybe yelling at the waiter as opposed to a 45 year old white woman yelling yeah. at the waiter oh, like gosh. nobody nobody is scared of the white woman <laughs> like it's just oh <laughs> look at her you know she's southern whatever but i mean like yeah. there there is that idea of like oh well you know there's this stereotype thing and and it is interesting like that that, that that's a thing like like you like yeah. you were saying like being demonstrative showing showing personality and yeah. all that stuff like you you have to even be aware of that like yeah. like that, that is yeah. just like and to me, that I, about, yeah, yeah. The funny thing about that experience is, like, the reality is she gonna get results. Yeah, yeah, you're right. right. Yeah. So she stands right. up and it's like she's like, I demand service. Where is my water? Right. So right. they the, the waiter might sigh, but she gonna get her water. Yeah. I'm gonna get put out. <laughs> you're gonna get the yeah. cops called. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna get. They're gonna call the cops, sir, sir, sir. Sir, yeah. <laughs> sir, we're going to need you to, sir, you know, that's what's going to happen with me. So, it's, so the awareness of this, my road manager is from Teague, Texas, Cowtown, yeah. in between <laughs> Waco and Dallas, right? Yeah. Uh-huh. And his whole experience, his thing is this. He's like, I'm convinced that anyone who doesn't think that racism still exists has not spent more than 24 hours with a person of color, right? Yeah. So, him now on the road, just being aware of just little, little things, you know, that, that happened in experience. One time we were in, I think, Grand Rapids or in between Grand Rapids, uh, uh, Michigan and, and somewhere, whatever the case may be, we were, we were somewhere. There was a restaurant across the street from the, uh, from, the, um, from the hotel, right? So we go out of the parking lot and he's about to bolt across the street and I'm headed to the crosswalk. And he's like, what are you doing? And I'm like, I'm not, I'm not going to jaywalk in this podunk town, right? <laughs> and he's like, what do you, I don't, like, what are you talking about? And I'm like, look, if I get arrested, I'm going to get arrested and sit in this yeah. little jail all yeah. night. You know what I'm saying? And ain't nobody coming to get me, right? Right. It's just, it's a different experience. Like, I'm aware of those things. And he was just like, I never, these are things I never thought about. And yeah. so when it, you get the well-meaning, you know, 
progressive white dude that 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 speaks on our behalf um i think that that's a person it's almost like um it's almost like a an, an aquila and priscilla thing where you just want to sit homie down and be like yo i appreciate your zeal you know what i'm saying yeah. i thank you for listening thank you for 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 being aware you know what i'm saying now let me let me help you out let me help you out with this because I, I love what you're doing but i don't need you to speak for me yeah i need you to speak with me alongside me you know what i'm saying because it can be a little insulting you know, it, and really i think it, it it it's been weird lately somebody told me that like one of the the worst forms of bigotry is low expectations so it's almost like the progressive mm-hmm. or white people think well you don't even they don't they're not even good at articulating and they don't even understand how bad they have mm-hmm. it so we need to do it for them it's not like they mm-hmm. can handle it themselves so that when that mentality comes yeah. into it it's almost a, a form of racism or bigotry in that they don't expect you guys to be able to advocate for yourself. Articulate enough. Yeah. And then there's sometimes it's like the reality of like a language barrier. It's like, you know, if, if I may not be able to like effectively articulate my experience given the, you know, sociocultural filters for which I know and, and, and put information through to be able to tell you in a way that you would understand if you have a person who, who you know, uh, um, come from this particular like, like uh, uh, kind of upper middle class type of thing. So you can, uh, you can put it in terms that someone else can understand. In that sense, it's like, yo, I appreciate that. Like if you can translate for me, that's great. But at the same time, I don't need you to say, okay, Poor little inner city kid. He doesn't have the vocabulary. Like I don't need you to do that, but I do. Yeah. Be, but it's but it's a great it's a great advocate to have someone that uh-huh. say, "Hey, look, dude, this is what he's trying to tell you." you yeah, know? I'm a you know I'm I'm ashamed to admit. You know, here I was, 23 years old. So this is like 14 years ago, 2002, 2000. No, mm-hmm. I guess two. So uh, my boss was a black female assistant principal. I was a eighth grade teacher and we're just out there hanging out at recess. And I asked her and, and what's so crazy. I mean, here we are, this is over a decade ago. And my assumption that her answer to this question was going to be, Oh, of course not. I asked her, I was just like, Hey, do you, you know, cause I was in a conversation with someone else. I was like, do you really think like racism is still a, a problem, like in this day and age when it comes to the workforce and all that stuff. And, you know, she didn't go crazy with like an emphatic answer, but she was just like, yeah, yeah, it definitely is. You know, I mean, mm. especially it depends on where you are. And I was blown away. Like I yeah. seriously, at that point in my life, I was so naive to think, oh no, all that stuff is history. Yeah. I mean, I, yeah. I just, it's, it's just. Well, the, the big difference now is the systemic kind of and the cultural, the, generational and the systemic stuff is is the is what is people are not realizing this day and age i yeah. think whereas the there's not this yeah. many hooded people running around trying to do physical mm-hmm. violence right so we, we got over that it seems like for a lot of part and then a lot of people went yeah well that's good yeah. enough so we don't have that anymore so yeah so jason do you would you say that you struggle with racism yeah i, I think yeah. there's there's a level of experience i think that like you know as a christian it's like you, you can kind of put it through a filter of like, yo, this is a gospel issue. You know, we're, we're talking about like us really not being, you know, specifically. This is what I found. I'll tell you this. This is what I found. Like we can talk about because I think I think the racism struggle for me happens more within the church. Yeah, that's where it struggled. That's where that's where I struggle the most with when it's within the church versus the outside world where it's like, yo, I just expect that from you. This is you know what I'm saying like I expect it from you. So can you give us an uh, example of that? It is what it is. Which one? 
of an inside the church? Inside the church one is, you know, if, if, if me as an artist or as just a public figure, if I pick up the issue of race, whether it's tweeting a video, specifically, I'll give you a specific example, was talking about the Oscars. Mm-hmm. And, um, and like, okay, there's only been four people of color. I'm not just talking black. I'm talking of any other race that's non-white that's won, like, best, that's won a best actor or best actress. There's only been four non-white ones, right? Uh-huh. We've had 50 years of Oscars. There's only been 34 people of color that's won an Oscar. You trying to tell me in all of Hollywood for the entire time that it's we've been making movies, only 34 people of color have had Oscar-worthy performances? That you're trying to tell me right now? So I make this statement, and the response is, you know, are we back on this again? When are you going to talk about the gospel propaganda? When do you walk away from the gospel? I just want to hear about God. So this is what I find out. I find out among, among, among this, this faction is that we can talk about sin in the abstract, you know, that as a concept, like, yo, we're sinners, we're in need of grace, blah, blah, blah. But when you talk talking about sin in the specific, which is yeah. like, nah, homie. Yeah, you're racist, cuz you know what I'm saying, yeah, right? Yeah. Then all of a sudden, I walked away from the gospel, and I've taken on another faith. But you, you understand what I'm saying? They but want it. They I want sin the to thing. be in the general racism to be in the general category of unnamed sin. It's in the or general. Something. It's yeah. an unnamed sin, right? So I can't be specific. But if we were talking about like gay marriage, they'd be ready to they'd be oh, ready yeah. to march. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so I can talk about that specifically, but we can't talk about that's race true, specifically. Man. You know what I'm saying? So so I think that's the part that kind of frustrates me and, and and where I struggle the most. Man, we were at the end of a uh, of an event once and uh the event won't name nameless because it's not the event's fault, but uh one of their volunteers, they, you know, they invited all the artists and speakers out to, you know, a nice little, nice little uh, you know, you know, after hour spot, get some drinks, whatever, right? So I go to the bar and I'm about to order, like, look, I got a, I have a really good hipster card. Like, my hipster card is stamped strong. So I'm about to go get, I'm getting me, like, a good bourbon, you know? Yeah. So I'm like, yeah. hey, let me just, you know, y'all got a whistle pig? You know, I'm like, I'm looking for, like, a good bourbon, you know? So I, I ordered a thing and one of their volunteers, and this was this older older white gentleman, was like, hey, what are you getting? And I'm like, oh, man, I just got a little whiskey. He was like, I expected you to get like a Hennessy or something. Oh my gosh. I said, I'm sorry, what? <laughs> Excuse me? Right? And then that's when, and that was one of the first experiences for my poor road manager was like, what did he just say to you right now? And I was like, he said he expected me to get a Hennessy. <laughs> and he was like, he was like, why would he say that? And I'm like, bruh, this is what I've been trying to tell you this whole time. <laughs> this is what we live with, you know. I, I think that's the thing. Like, I, I, I do believe, like, it, it's, I, I think there, and you probably, it's, it kind of sounds like you're hitting some of this too. I think some people, I think they are, everybody is unaware that racism exists, even in their own lives, and that it, it that can even happen with just being unaware or, or just mm-hmm. uh, like, like, like when you brought up the Oscars point, that's such a good point because I don't think intentionally, maybe, I, I wouldn't say the majority of people who voted said, hey, we're not going to uh, yeah. vote for a black person. But what I do think is they are more naturally inclined to vote for the white person it's just that's, it's that's you know the reality you know yeah. what i mean it's just like they don't even think about it that like like that way and it's just it's just really interesting and i know that probably goes across the board too even for like females and 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 you of know course. other races as well i know yeah. that's what we're talking about but it is that is interesting like that guy that probably even asked that question didn't even think that but like what a, i mean a comment to make like that is just so 
uh, blatantly like, uh, this is what I think you are. And yeah. Like you know what I mean? Like yeah. that, that's where we get into to danger for for real. Yeah. One one thing I was was thinking though, like what I'd love to just kind of define that that idea that kind of bouncing off what I just said too. Like um, it, when you think of racism, are you thinking like 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 just, when you told that story, you, you told it in, in a great way that made us laugh, obviously. Yeah. But it did. But so I always think there's truth in humor and humor in yeah. truth, and and both those can work. But like, how, what? How does that go with like? Uh, like, like in between, say, like you and some and some uh, a white friend or whatever, joking back and forth. When, when, when is that line? Is is it like? Yeah. Uh, I mean, how how do you? Good question. Is yeah, like I mean, are you like for example? Could you make fun of me for like like you said your blackness is showing? Could you make fun of me for my whiteness showing? And that be a friendship thing or a joke as opposed to yeah. I, I'm offended. How how do you walk that line? Yeah, yeah. I think that there is this. Um, understanding of like brotherhood i think if that's already there like a real like a real relationship like we've already crossed that line to where it's like yo you are family this is my brother this is my sister so when there's that understanding of love and i know that you have your great my greatest intention and your greatest intention in mind you know what i'm saying like you hope all things and love all things with me you know what i'm saying so when that understanding is there then it's almost like we could speak freely because I mm-hmm. I have the highest expectation of you. You know what I'm saying? Right. And and I and I and I trust your intentions. So when that's there, I think that there's much more freedom to speak on these things. So if there's no, like I said, if there's no historical relationship, so this dude, like who said this at this bar, who may have been kidding or not kidding, but I'm like, whatever the case may be, I'm like, my man's you don't know me, yeah. you know what I'm saying, yeah. right? So, like, I, I don't know what made you feel comfortable enough, right, if you right. were kidding, If it was a joke, it's still way you, out of line. Yeah, yeah, it's right. way out of line, you know what I'm saying? And if you weren't kidding, then there's this level of, you know, you don't know what you don't know, or you do, you don't know, and you ain't trying to know, you know? Right. So I think that those, to me, those, that's your scale. Like, yeah. you, have, you have an understanding of friendship, and if you do cross the line, since we're friends, I can just inform you. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because we're buddies. Like, it's nothing, there's no ill will in there. If yeah. it's someone who wants to know, then it's like, yo, you just, you just weren't aware. So it's like, I, again, I, have, I hold no malice towards that. You just weren't aware. I suppose that's like, but if it's, go ahead. Yeah. I was going to say, but, at, but then there's that third level to where it's like, yo, you're not even trying to know. You're right. just comfortable in your privilege, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I guess that's kind of like the way if it, you know if we make fun of each other, Toby and Joey and I can make fun of each other and maybe each other's wives. I can make jokes about Toby's wife, no problem, and he about mine. Yeah. But if somebody else we didn't know did, that's completely inappropriate. Exactly. Even though they hear exactly. us on this show making fun of each other and our families, and then <laughs> you know what I mean. So yeah. if somebody hears you, yeah. you and other black guys making jokes about your race and how things go in the culture, and then they think. Exactly. Even without any context, they come up and drop that in. It, it becomes highly inappropriate. Yeah. At, or ignorant, exactly one of the two exactly so uh nailed it 
Jason, a, a huge phenomenon in the rap world, and you've spoken on this, and I, I got to bring this up because I'm a huge fan, is Kendrick Lamar. Oh, yeah. Uh, so I, I want to read some lyrics <laughs> from a, an awesome album, and, and I want to talk about this for a second. So, all my life I want money and power, respect my mind or die from lead shower. I pray my dick get big as the Eiffel Tower so I can fuck the world for 72 hours. Popping pills in the lobby, and I pray they don't find her naked. And I pray you niggas is Satan. Shooters go after Judas, Jesus Christ. If I live life on my knees, ain't no need to do this. Park it in front of uh, looters, looters next to that church. Church's chicken. All you pussies is losers. All my niggas is winners. Mm-hmm. Screaming all my life, I want money and power. So we we know that this album is, is a testimony album, but I would say 99% of the church would say, I don't care this dude can't be a Christian. You can't put that filth out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what's your, what, what's your reaction to those lyrics? Well, I, I know them in the context of the album. So, I, first of all, let me just put this out here. Like, Kendrick can rap. Like, yes, awesome. <laughs> dude is incredible. But I guess because I, I know the lyrics in the context of, this, of the album, so I understand what he's doing. He's painting the before picture. Right. You know what I mean? So... As a storyteller, I'm like, he had to do that. If, I'm, if I don't think the bad guy's bad, I'm not going to care about his transformation. So yeah. I get it. And because I'm from L.A., I know every all the parking in front of Looters, like Looters is a place. And it truly is across the street from Church's Chicken. So I'm like, <laughs> that's great. Like, it's, yeah. you know what I mean? So I'm like, I know the story. You know what I mean? So yeah. I think in that sense, it's like, y'all, I get it. And the song's called Backyard Free, or, you know, Backseat Freestyle. So yeah. he's... I, I get the moment because I've lived the moment, you know, in yeah. the backseat. It's just like, yo, we just finna go to the swap meet. Like, this is be stupid right now. You're rapping about nothing. You know what I mean? It's just fun. So I get it. Right. So what, what if propaganda wanted to paint a similar picture of your past? Uh, what uh, you, I would assume you would choose not to use that sort of. Yeah. Yeah. Because I find now for me, it's more of an issue of like, what's, what's really the hill I'm trying to die on, you yeah. know? And I'm like, that's just not a hill I'm trying to die on, you know? Right. Um, because I know, at least for the, at the, the, the career that I've amassed to this point, it's like, that's all they would hear, you know? Yeah. And then the right. point would be lost. And I just don't want to, I don't want that to happen, you know? Yeah. Do you, so but you I say that what, what he's doing is totally fine with you and you like it, or would you, but you wouldn't do it just based on your career and your audience? Or do you think, do you, if you could explain, talk to him with it would you urge him to to make take a different path or do you think he should be, do, be doing exactly um, what he's doing i think uh man you know it's it's tough because it's like i'm at a place now where you know these people aren't like abstract thoughts like they're like one degree of separation you know right. so it's yeah. like if i mean the guy doesn't live very far from here so in that situation it's like man for me to rather you know, speak of them in the abstract, since I know I could, you know, it's, it's not very hard to know these people as people. Mm-hmm. It's like, my question would be, you know what I'm saying? Hey, where are you, where are you fellowshipping? Like who, yeah. who's discipling, who's discipling you? What church are you going to? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So my encouragement would be, let me push you towards that. You know what I'm saying? Rather than talk about a particular symptom. Again, Love it's like, that again, answer. yeah. I don't want to, again, like, what's the hill I'm trying to die on? I'm not going to look at this dude who I may possibly have incredible sway and influence over and just, like, hang my hat on something that might be a minor issue. 
Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because I don't know this dude's heart. I don't know what's going on. And like, and then, but I do know people that know Kendrick personally, and they're like, yo, this brother is loyal to his one girlfriend. You know what I'm saying? He bought himself a, a meager house way out in the burbs. He's not at all these parties. This brother is a member of this particular church. You know what I'm saying? So like the dude is growing in his faith. You yeah. know what I'm saying? So if that's the case, man, who am I to like, you know yeah. what I'm saying? Look at where he is now or where he was in 2012 and be like, yo, your next album, you should do this. Man, I don't know. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So for me, it'd be like, I'd want to push him towards his discipleship and his walk and then kind of let the Lord sort, sort out, you know, where he's going to go next. No, I love that because that's instead of addressing the one one thing that is a surface level issue of how somebody used language yeah. and what they said and how other people perceive them. So instead of going for that, you would go for the the better long play, let God work on him and encourage him just in his discipleship. That's a great answer. Mm-hmm. Cool. I, I think I, th- I think too is I just I love the freedom of creating something and 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 uh, not even uh, ever having heard this album, but hearing you guys talk about it, like I just think, how awesome is it that you just write what you want to write? Like nobody, you know, questioned Paul. Yeah. Paul in the Bible says, you know, man, you you uh, crazy people. Uh, I wish you would emasculate yourself, cut yeah. off your genitals. All, you know what I mean? Like yeah. he could have used different words, yeah. but yeah. he felt very strongly about it and and writing that and creating that. And then that's why I love what you said was it's like giving people some space to figure out what they're saying. Like I mean, you can write a whole record and then you listen to it and go, oh, I see what I was saying. Oh, I, I, I'm mm-hmm. figuring stuff out. I'm growing. Yeah. And like you said, you're different every year you're different you know when you're 20 you're way different at 30 way different at 40 way different at 50 so we need to give people some space just to be themselves and figure it out because you know i I mean one day he might go you know what i don't want to use profanity or whatever but honestly yeah yeah yeah. but but for me like i like it like i I think that's like i I enjoy i like for for me i go man this guy's writing a record that everybody can't handle and that means something yeah like if somebody's not somebody's gonna turn it off just because they don't like something about it that that's more about the listener not about the the creator I mean, it's so just, I really do appreciate it's it. like nobody says this to movie makers, right? right. Yeah, that's if you true, have yeah. a Christian director and he's going to make a film, the villain can't be like, well, gosh darn it, G. Willikers. <laughs> like, he's not a villain then. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, yeah. I, I, don't, I don't believe this dude's a stone-cold killer. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, you know what I mean? I need my killer to be a stone-cold <laughs> killer. I know. Could, could you could you imagine Ice Cube on, and Boys in the Hood saying oh, that geez. that freaking bullet came yes. so close to nicking me? Yes. <laughs> what about Bruce Willis going yippee ki yay mother freaker? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Hey, Jason, how do how do we uh, uh, how do we desegregate this daggum church? Like, is it is Woo. it even possible? I mean, and the reason why I have a, a sort of hopelessness, uh, I, you may not know, but I I pastor a church um, and. I, Every single year, I mean, ever since we've started, it's just like, gosh, I wish we had a more colorful congregation. Yeah. And it's it's grown in minorities a little bit. But mm-hmm. here's the thing. Toby over here that you've been talking to, he's our worship leader. He's mm-hmm. white. I'm the pastor. I'm white. Mm-hmm. Now, uh do you know? Do we have some black families that uh, you know have leadership and all that stuff? Yes, mm-hmm. but I mean, I just how do, can can I do anything to turn a corner? Is that even in my control? Yeah. Man, I think if I had like the answer, I'd write a book and be a billionaire. You know? <laughs> That's true. Uh, but uh, I I do think this. I think a lot of it, it definitely has to do with um, you know the intention of the leader and then 
you know, the amount of hands that are steering the ship. I think that like, you know, if you had on one hand, you know, people of color in leadership, you know what I'm saying? That can, you know, just that are empowered to kind of like function the way they would naturally function. You know what I'm saying? To where you're not trying to guess or create something that minorities Mm -hmm. would be attracted to. You just let minorities create stuff, you know what I'm saying? And then it's going down. But on the other hand, it's like, you know, if you're planning a church in Norway, like, okay, it's okay that your church is white, dude. Right. right. It's cool, man. You know, it's reflecting, it's a reflection of your community. So I think like, on the other hand, it's like, yo, man, don't beat yourself up, man. You're trying to put a square into a circle. You know what I mean? Right. Um, It's like, uh, a great example is my own home church. It's like, I mean, I'm 100% of the black population at my church, right? I'm I'm 100%. (laughs) You know, but it doesn't mean it's not diverse. There's a lot of Latinos, there's a lot of Asians, there's a lot of age differences. There's, you know, there's great stinking air. There's, you know, yeah. so it's it's pretty diverse in its own way. But it looks like the community, you know, which is which is fine to me. You know what I'm saying? But I tell you why we I can't invite my mother-in-law is because my mother-in-law don't speak a lick of English. My wife is Mexican. She's a first-generation Mexican. So as much as we might desire to have a Latino audience in our church, we don't speak Spanish. So yeah. it's like, yeah. at the end of the day, why would they come? You know what I'm right. saying? I don't understand what he's saying. So, right. <laughs> you know, so I think, um, you know, it, it, in one hand, it's like, yo, cut yourself. Unless you're about to have four different languages spoken from the pulpit, you know what I'm saying? Then, like, you know, you are what you are. You know, and that doesn't bother me. As long as you're not exclusive, you know what I'm saying? But I, I think, you know. You get you get more people of color, you get a more diverse leadership, you know what I'm saying? Empower them to function the way they in function and you just kinda let the rest it out. But you know what I'm saying? Like, hey man, don't shoot yourself in the foot. You yeah. know what I mean? Over uh don't beat yourself up, man. You Is know? it possibly misguided to want to to uh, to intentionally try to attract, let's say, black congregants, but just be, just for the fact that you would have them? Or is that a good goal? Um, I mean, I don't know. You know what I'm saying? I think Man, I think that, uh, yeah, I, I think it kind of depends on the, for, as, as far as my opinion, I think it depends on, like, the environment and the authenticity of that desire, you know what I'm saying? Like, in a sense of, like, mm-hmm. yo, you just trying to feel better about yourself. Like, you got your own, you know, yeah. prejudice you working out. So it's like, man, I'm going to feel like I've actually grown if there's a black dude in the audience. It's like, come on, cuz. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So, Joey, why is it that you want more black people at your church? Like, uh, I, how, I mean, how I, do you feel about it? Yeah, my first response would be very selfish motivation because I really, really love hanging out with black families. I mean, that's what it boils down to. That's my experience in my neighborhood. That's my experience in public schools. That's my experience as a teacher, pretty much teaching never uh, less than 50-50. So for me, it's like I miss it. I mean, my my career is pastoring. You feel like they're missing from your congregation. Yeah, yeah, and I miss that. I mean, I, I'm telling you, I, yeah. I have. Uh, and um, Jason, is this a racist uh, statement to say that? Uh, like, sometimes I just think it's more enjoyable to hang out with black people. Like, is that Not reverse racism? <laughs> Not at all. I think it's no. It's a cultural experience, and I think that you you um, admire or appreciate uh, the different nuances. And and it's like to me, it's like that's honoring to where yeah. you're like you're not going to ignore this huge thing that that makes that makes a part of my personhood you know what i'm saying like i'm still right. an image bearer and everything about me is part of that you know what i'm saying and part of that is black and it's the black experience and if you would appreciate and enjoy that i don't yeah. find anything wrong with it you know what i'm saying 
Um, And if you and and here's the thing as a pastor, it's like, yo, I feel like my congregation will grow and be, um, you know, enriched by having this ingredient put into the mix. You know what I'm saying? It's like, yeah. yo, this will help everybody. I mean, we do, I mean, I, I, do we not do the same with our children? Like, right. you're like, yo, I want, my, I want my daughter, my son to be around this type of person. I want you True. to know deaf people. I want you to know people that are blind. I want you to know, you know, uh, musicians. I want you to know actors. I want you to know, I want you to know these people because it's going to enrich your experience. You know what I'm saying? I think yeah. that that's, that's great. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome, dude. It's been awesome talking to you. Um, you guys are I want to cool, let I, I, I want to let our audience know that they can go to uh, humblebeast.com, download Crimson Cord, which is Propaganda's latest album for free. Yep. Man, if you got some money, go to Dagum iTunes and buy the thing, or they can actually give you money through Humble Beast. Correct? They could. Yeah, you could do, yeah, a, and, do a donation joint. Yeah. And I, I'm noticing right now that you have a new video on there. Is that a uh, yeah. video to a song? Yeah, to uh, the Dear Board of Education. Awesome uh, poem, yeah. Any yeah, tours coming out. up or anything else? Yep, uh, I'm uh, I'm actually hitting the road next month with uh, Derek Minor. Um, it's oh, awesome. be until forever tour. We'll be through. We'll we'll be we'll be down around your parts. I can tell by your accents that we'll be over there. Somewhere, <laughs> you know? Hey man, that's racist, <laughs> dude. What's wrong? With you? <laughs> that's regionalist. <laughs> regionalist. <laughs> oh man, awesome! Awesome hanging out with you, man. Yeah, man. Thanks for joining us. It, it was a really good conversation. Took me way. I should have done this sooner, man. That was super fun. Yeah. Well, thanks, man. We take that as a compliment. Yeah, man. Thank you. All right. Well, hopefully we rub shoulders again. Yep. Yes, sir. All right. Hey, All right. T- tell Theory has it. He's got a big fan of me too, man. Oh, we'll do. We'll do. Awesome. Yeah. All right. All right. All right See guys. you, man. All right, guys. That was propaganda. You, you guys feel like more racist or less racist right now? <laughs> Well, I'll tell you the thing that I do actually value the most, and I think I, I've learned over maybe just the past year, is really the the idea of embracing that I that to be able to admit it and say if everybody says they're racist and how some ways that they are and that they are understanding and learning that is actually the best point of view that everybody can have. So it's that mud. Well, it's a it's a great point of view, but no, not many people are there, Matt. Well, I know that's what I'm saying, but but that's what people are doing on Facebook and in the media and everywhere else is they're saying, okay, well I've got this data and this data and I heard this and that person said that, so they're the racist and they're the bad guy. But the truth is, it's all part. We're all sinful people. We're all bad people. We all have bad stuff, including racism. It's just a matter of how it comes out and to what degree. So it's not you're not a different category well, than a racist. Saying. Well, the thing for him, for me with him is I do think too. It's really easy to point out a racist. You know what I mean? Like yeah. okay, it, like uh, like the, oh that person said this about this other race. But one thing that I thought was really good that Jason said was just really realizing the times that we are being racist and don't even realize it. You know what I mean? Like well, like we're choosing to be at a church with potentially all the same color skin people, or that per the same color skin people get hired in our businesses or whatever. You know what I mean? Like those things. Like it, it just it happens so naturally that you don't even realize that you're not even thinking outside the box, and that that is awakening to me that sometimes I don't even I think because I'm white I just maybe tend to be white or hang out with white. <laughs> oh yeah, you know definitely. What I mean? like, well, it's natural. That's what I'm saying. Racism and sin are natural to us, are they not? I mean, that's just, you can say racism is a form of sin. It's natural. Uh, that, that that's what it's natural, but it's it's like also not you don't even realize it. Like the people you hang out with, it's way easier. to... 
for them to be the same color as you. Right. Or it's way more, like you said, natural or normal. And so normal. I do want to be more aware of that because I, I mean, I like, I really do enjoy all cultures. And sometimes I even feel racist saying that. Like, no, I don't think, I think that's not true. Culture cultures or race you ma- like. really makes me happy or I enjoy it. But yeah, I mean, it's okay if you don't like all cultures though. You don't, you don't necessarily like all cultures. I'm sure there's some I wouldn't prefer. You're probably right. You know, one thing that I have definitely grasped I think recently is just like Christians are so quick to write off gangsters and kids that grow up, you know, pushing drugs and in the black community and everything. And they just write them off as well. That's their, the decisions that they made. This is ridiculous. I mean, they, they just need to step up and be responsible where of all people, we're supposed to be the most loving, understanding and most patient. And can, can we entertain the standpoint of man there are some 14 year old boys for example that are growing up and it's just like i don't know what else to do like if i don't if i don't join a gang i'm gonna get killed if i don't push drugs then my my mom's not gonna be able to support the family i i mean can we see it as that i mean can we see it as real kids that are dumb because we were dumb when we were 14 yeah and they don't know what else to do yeah, but as Christians, we just say, oh, you know, the Republican standpoint of, oh, look at Colin Powell. I mean, you know, he he did it, so it leaves everybody else excuseless, and that that's been a huge thing for me. I mean, when I listen to, you know, gangster rap or you know, just any black hip hop that is, you know, pushing bad values and stuff, I think that we should open our minds a little bit and realize, okay, this is their upbringing. You know, they they don't have a whole lot of choice with the the card they were dealt. Now that doesn't leave yeah. them. Ex- without any excuses but still i mean we we didn't have that you sound like a pastor right now do i really man it's it's, it's awesome <laughs> it's speaking to my heart that but i would serious. love i would love some truth right now matt can you help me out with a little assistance you on my got truth it. i'm here to oh, so you're gonna you. bypass all that stuff it's I time said. for some damn news is what okay. i'm saying hey, all right well i'm gonna i got a story it's my news yeah but i got a story we're in this together, man. Kick man. the music. We're not really in this we part. Are together. In we're this actually together. this part. We're not in together. Yes, we are. In a world where you work your fingers to the bone to create something amazing, and your friend, a large bald man, tries to just pop in his silly once, news. Once the work's all been done, I, and I the don't foundation even call has it been laid. He's just going to jump right in. Yeah. I don't even want to call what you're about to say news, but I'm. You know what? I'm. Uh, you got me a little interested. <laughs> I want to see if you can handle it, my friend. Yeah, because I mean, your stories, uh, Matt. <laughs> Welcome to the deep end. <laughs> Just based off Joey's story stories, I believe this news is has to be 15 to 20 years in the past. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> this was a huge news article from 15 years ago. <laughs> from the Greer Citizen, 1989. <laughs> All right, so I, I want to work out a deal with you, Toby. This is your news. I'll 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 concur to that. Okay. This is your news. Okay. I, I want a story a month. Okay, let's hear the story. Then. I, I just know. think it would be helpful to you. Let's yeah. hear well, the let's story. Just, right, my story. You got to earn it, my all friend. Right, the source is Christian. This Post. is a joke, man. ChristianPost.com, quote, we are believing for 200,000 people to give contributions of 300 U.S. dollars or more to turn this dream into a reality. Folks, what is this dream for this pastor? It is a G650, Gulfstream G650 airplane. That is a jet. That is a luxurious jet. 
$65 million has been raised so far. Um, and in an interview with World Changers Dollar last year, Representative Kayla Dollar indicated to CP that spreading the gospel, while convenient for Pastor Dollar, the guy that needs this jet, does not come cheaply to the churches where he ministers because they have to partially foot the cost of his huge bill. Check this out. He does not have a set honorarium now, but he does just has to he has to ask for half of his fuel to be paid while traveling. And then anything else, if you want to add just as a love offering would be fine. Now, listen to this. If he goes to New York City, ninety five hundred dollars. So that's forty seven fifty that he would ask of people fuel. to give. Yeah, yeah. So this is a guy that basically wants a luxurious jet. A jet that pretty much no one has. I mean, it is beyond uh, technology where we're at. It is it is at the the farthest point that you can get, and it's for the sake of the gospel. All right, I, I got to stop you right there. First of all, okay, I who cares about the jet? I am way more destroyed, way more upset by how you just delivered. That I, that's news. what I, I didn't I know mean, if we way, could talk about that, but yeah, way worse than the pastor wanting a jet. Nothing offends me more. Nothing makes me more upset than the way you just Creflo did Dollar's <laughs> doing a way better job of his job I, than you are of your I'm job. Gonna, I'm actually going online right now to support him getting that jet because of how <laughs> shitty you just did the damn news. We're going to use the BC Club money to go to Creflo Dollar's jet. I'm giving him $300, yeah. a love offering of $300. Uh, you know no, what? We, we need that's to, not true. We need, <laughs> we need to survey Bad Christian because I thought I did a hell of a job. Okay, Joey. Story. Now, I don't know if you understand there because you didn't talk. You didn't read anything. You just you just told us about something you heard about. You didn't read the story. You didn't give the, the headline. or any, I mean, you just, to, you just told us some stuff about a, a pastor. A founder of World Changers Church International is now hoping for 200,000 people to donate $300 each so he can buy a brand new, luxurious, 65 million Gulfstream. It was just G650. so convoluted the way you That's told it. It's better. just so like, it, it, I mean, it was, it was immature. It was like uh, <laughs> your, your first big chance to get in front of the. Last year, this plane had billionaires. It's so sad. You're reporting not reporting wait, waiting in line to get this one, and a pastor wants it. This was such a good story, and you destroyed it. Kind of like you do by being with your marriage. Such, you have an opportunity for <laughs> a great marriage lazy with a great sad. woman, and you destroy it. I didn't want to talk about that on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> let, me show, right. let me show you how it's done. All right, Mr. X. Okay, okay. BC listeners, you can't even talk. BC listeners, here you, you go. You can't even read. This comes from the Blaze, Matt. Okay. A well-known. Whoa, 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 whoa! Why aren't you talking to me? And Joey, thank you. Televangelist launches fundraising plea for sixty-five oh, million dollar private jet. A well-known televangelist, Creflo Dollar, is attempting to raise sixty million dollars for the purchase of one of the most coveted private million. jets on now the market. I'm interested. Keep talking. Sixty-five. <laughs> one, one that he and his ministry will use to. Listen here. Continue to spread the gospel of grace around the world. That's what I just Pastor said. Pastor Creflo Dollar, founder of World Changers International, has launched Project G650. What the hell I just There's said? There's rap songs called G6. Uh, my G6. <laughs> so fly. An like effort to encourage 200,000 people to donate $300 more or more so that he can purchase a jet that Business Insider recently called the biggest 
fastest and overall best private jet that money could buy. What do you guys think about it? For the that's how you do the damn. For the sake of the gospel, I'm not going to argue with how you did that. I think you did a great job. You love it, and I want to talk about the story. Okay, I'm pissed off, man. It really pisses me off, dude. You know how much the hell I would love to fly in this plane that I'm looking at pictures at uh, of where there's like a damn dining room table and a bunch of chairs spread out like 15 yards apart. I would love that. Hey, let's get in a jet, guys, and let's you're, just fly straight to California. You're talking so loud. <laughs> no, you're really pissed. Because it, it irritates me. This guy is asking people for money for this. Get in. Go to United Airlines and go. What is this? How is the gospel going to benefit from being able to get somewhere here's in 10 where, minutes? Here's where I go off the rails a little bit with you. I agree. When I first read this article, I thought the same thing. And then here is the thing that you have to realize. He's doing this because people will give him money to do it. And so who's worse? I mean, if if you put pastors in that position where this is what they, they, they go, I have a desire or a want, I'm going to put it out there. Oh, you fund me? Okay. Well, it must not be wrong. And so I really believe the church is putting people in this, these pastors in this position of they're the hero. They can spread the gospel. That's, that's, I mean, that's what they say. It's, they want to be able to continue to spread the gospel of grace around the world. And that's why they need a jet. Everybody goes, oh, yeah, well, I, I mean, you know, I just work a regular job down, you know, at Family Dollar. So I'll, I'll give a little bit of money and I'm helping the cause to spread the gospel because people are giving because they think this guy can spread the gospel. I can't. And that's the big lie. Everybody is called to be a pastor, right? That, that, that's even I mean, you are called to spread the gospel and share the gospel in a real way with everybody. And I, I kind of believe a, it's I believe a, it's on both. It's a two way street, though. Why do they think that? Because this dude is sure. them to believe that. But I mean, people so think that think people think that about Pastor Joey too. I mean, people give you stuff because you're Pastor Joey. That's true. You I got mean, a free car. A- am, am I part of the blame? Maybe so. Well, okay. So the the two things you got to look at is there's the the enabling culture of it. So there's not any money out there that's being given that there's not going to be somebody willing to take. It doesn't matter if it's to do pornography or spread the gospel or spread Satanism or make a the, a corporation that will pollute the the Gulf of Mexico. I mean, the, if there's money there, you will find a recipient of the money, period. So that's that's how yeah. the enabling part works. And then if you really wanted to get gray about it and try to de- take the less on the nose point of view other than to blast this pastor, you'd yeah. have to zoom out a little bit and say, is it is it maybe not similar, the, the lifestyle that we think middle-of-the-road pastors or maybe Pastor Joey has? Pastor Joey did get a free car before from somebody. And like I said before, Devin Shelton got his taxes done for free. People, I mean, you know, I don't know what, like, there's got to be people that would say a Honda Accord or a Chevy Suburban is luxurious and completely unnecessary and it's just horrible that you can have a condo and a Suburban and call yourself a pastor who's supposed to be taking care of the poor, right? So maybe th- this is an obvious example. It's an easy target, but yeah. where's the real line? Where can you really, where we're we really going to break it down there? It, it's just for me, I just think, man, people want this. This is what they want. They want their pastor flying around in this jet because they get to say, yeah, my pastor's doing that. I'm supporting the gospel being spread. And it just, is, it really is kind of like a joke. I mean, you don't need a the nicest jet in the world to spread the gospel. That is the exact opposite of what Jesus would do. I mean, Jesus would not have gotten a jet. He didn't get the richest people to would get. He ha- would he have had a I mean, suburban? He, but, no, I don't. I, 
I mean, I I guess I see your point, but he did not have the nicest wagon and horses to carry him around. You never heard about that, and you never, you know, you didn't see that stuff. But at the same time, if you can get it, I don't know if it's a big deal. I <laughs> I, I I believe Creflo Dollar believes in Jesus and thinks that he needs this. Now maybe it's misguided, and maybe it's not even right, and maybe it's wrong. But on a certain level, I believe he's a Christian, so I don't know if it matters. Could you go far enough to give him enough credit to say that this is like he's just a regular Christian dude like you are, and you've got some things wrong, and this is just like one little thing he's got wrong? Nah, Same as you. You have wrong. something wrong. He's got <laughs> <laughs> hey, did you, This is pretty bad. Did you know? Uh, <laughs> I mean, he could have easily got a course. less jet. Our, our pastor, uh, and I'll, I'll say him by name, Greg Surratt, I mean, he is a very influential pastor in charge of one of the biggest church planning networks in America. And he doesn't fly first class unless someone says, hey, man, will you go to such and such place with me? I'm going to fly as first class because it's fun. And this is typically someone who is is very wealthy. So I just think there is a different way for pastors to do things. I don't, I don't want to take an isolated incidence, you know, with someone paying for first class or a church helping them pay for first class. But a, a $65 million jet, as, to me, I, I just don't think there's any room yeah. uh, for disagreement. That's just, I, I just see it as wrong. Um, he, he may be a great, great, great guy where if we sat down and talked with him over a cup of coffee, we'd understand, oh, wow, okay, I get, <laughs> I guess not. I don't know how he could explain a $65 million jet. A $65 million jet. I mean, th- let's just leave it there with a $65 million jet. $65 million. All right, my next okay, article. next story. Richard Bootman finds a whole potato in a potato chip bag. <laughs> no. <laughs> what came out of Richard Bootman's potato chip bag is strange, no matter how you slice it. Actually, it's weirder. Weirder? Weirder? Weirder. Weirder. You looked at me to help you out with that word, weirder? It's weirder because of what wasn't sliced a whole uncut and unpeeled potato no chips bootman 25 of mendenhall uk found the whole spud monday morning in a package of snack right steak and onion crisps he purchased at an aldi grocery store i picked it up and it was airtight so i didn't question it at first i thought it was a ball of soggy crisps when i realized what it was everyone in the office laughed and we couldn't believe it but bootman said that the most hilarious part of the experience was when he tipped the bag upside down. This oily potato just fell out onto my desk. Yeah, I I love stuff like that. Now, have y'all have you guys ever like opened up a bag of chips or something and there was something weird in it, like a rat or a finger? <laughs> Good lord! I wish. No. I think we would have talked about that by now. You would have got paid if you had that happen. Have you ever had like a really really hard, very hard, condensed, like almost like a a ball of whatever it was. Like if you're eating a bag of potato chips, it's like a brown, dark ball of condensed potato chips. You bite into it and it's super hard and burnty. Yeah. Yeah. I've, well, I've had burnt potato chips. Is that what you mean? Like it's, it's like it, like the, it got stuck and it cooked too long. And yeah, it, but yeah. it's almost like closer to a gobstopper than it is a potato chip. It's super yeah. hard. Have you ever had something like that? No. No. Have you ever... I was riding on the way to school and you still ate it. <laughs> <laughs> Listen to this. I, I carpooled with a bunch of teachers and there was uh, one girl that opened, uh, went to open up a Hershey kiss and there was a worm hanging out of the paper. Oh, sucking on the chocolate. She about so died. Nasty. Oh, so nasty. Died. 
So nasty. Is that is that that bad of a thing though? I mean, that's not as bad a as a, a, a chicken. No, I'm talking about the spud. I mean, that's not as bad uh, no, as I just a think McDonald's. This is funny. I just thought head. it was really funny. To, I mean, you bought a bag of chips and it really was just a potato, which. <laughs> All the way around would have been better if he'd have eaten that. Like, right. That's what I'm saying. Right. That's basically a Whole Food. There, you know, you get you go to Whole Foods, yeah. you get it, and you get a, it's a, a potato. That's a, it's like, better. He got it means that, it means that the ingredients actually food. are good. Like take take Funyuns for yeah. instance. You couldn't you can't get a bag of Funyuns with a whole onion in it because onions are not a primary <laughs> ingredient in Funyuns. You see. <laughs> yeah, but I, I find that story a little bit doubtful. That. That potato had to have been either very smaller or just very much so dried up. Because think about holding a a bag of ruffles if there's a whole potato in there you can feel it i'll tell you how this happened this isn't a mechanical failure this is a this is a somebody this is like there's more than this happens more than once it just got reported here but there's just a a regular old dave powell type prankster that works in the the potato chip factory and he skipped one ahead of the chopper and threw it right in the bag and said watch this and see who gets that it's funny yeah it's a harmless prank yeah i think you're right that's what it is. It's yeah, not a mechanical totally failure where the thing got jammed and sp- spat out a whole potato. It's a, that's a gag from the get-go. Yeah, for it's sure. It's like Laverne and so Shirley at the beginning where they put the, the glove on the beer bottle and send it down the conveyor belt, you know, kind of thing. What's the Laverne and Shirley theme song? Do you know? Our way, yeah, our way. We're going to make yeah. our dreams come make true. Dreams come true. Dun, 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 dun. Shamil, Shamazel, Hassan Pepper Incorporated. (laughs) We're going to do it. Give us any chance, we'll take it. Give us any room. Do you know what what their boyfriends are named? Nobody cares about them. You're singing about it. Can I please finish my news? You were singing. I didn't ask you to sing that damn song. You have a huge ass. (laughs) <laughs> Actually, Spence and Butts are tiny. <laughs> They're adorable. <laughs> but that's my news for the day. Apparently, I had a terrible person s- sitting in on the first news, and then I, I, I'm thinking that letting him get that out of his system and seeing how bad it flopped, he'll have a little more respect in the future. Is what I'm hoping I, I, will I, be what no, comes I out actually, of this case. I think we'll see by emails and tweets. Uh, keep Joey on for once a month. That's what I. That's what I. Well, want. if anybody's going to be month. checking our tw- <laughs> Twitter and Facebook and social accounts, it will be you. We actually had someone uh, mention that there was a fart in one of the <laughs> most recent episodes. They're just like, I, I really think I heard a fart, and uh, <laughs> I, I, I heard I heard a fart too. <laughs> Matt, can you access? I heard the it. Pod- I heard it live and and on the podcast. It caught me off guard, but I did hear that fart. It's really funny. And it came from your anus. (laughs) (laughs) That's it. All right, good. Let's do this shit.